to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I am having something of an evening. I think this is, uh, I'm just getting into the habit of, you know, recording the intros four or five times before they finally stick. And you know what? Tonight is no different, you know, but nonetheless, it's been a great evening so far. I mean, went to the Forks, uh, crushed a burger for burger week. If you haven't you know, made your way out. Maybe this weekend, go out, have one of the special burgers, the specialty burgers. There's bound to be a restaurant near you that's doing them because I think there's a couple hundred in Winnipeg that are serving up these uh, delicious special burgers. You know, each restaurant is doing their own, putting their own spin on it, doing something different. So treat yourself. Take the family out, go over some friends, just enjoy yourself, have a little bit of fun because you know what? Life's too short. Enjoy yourself. But to what we are all here for, wrestling. And I mean, it was a great weekend for wrestling, no doubt about it. I mean, GCW was putting on some fantastic shows. Um, We had All Out, AEW All Out, and we'll get the fallout from All Out a little later on. There's a few more important things I want to touch on first, but, you know, there was that. And I mean, there was some just great matches all around. I, I was able to check out... Uh, Daniel Garcia versus Tom Lawler from the Black Label Pro Show. And that was just a great match. I mean, Daniel Garcia is, he's really something special. I think within the next five years, you're going to see him in those match of the year candidate matches. The ones that are getting all the all the hype and all the love. He's going to be up there because he is, he's just incredible in the ring. He's very talented, fantastic mat work. He's really... He's really something special, and it's really entertaining watching him grow. It's ex- it's exciting to see the potential there with him, and just that he's been he's getting these opportunities. So, him and Tom Lawler was fantastic. I know him and Josh Alexander on New Japan Strong last week had a match. I haven't been able to watch it yet. Hopefully this weekend. So there was all that going on, but what I want to kick off first with, I mean, it was announced this or I guess it was announced maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks. Uh, Yeah, I think a week and a half ago. October 21st in Fargo, Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. You know I love Time Bomb Pro Wrestling. They they will always have a place on this show because they are doing just fantastic work. They announced a show coming up. So October 21st in Fargo, they're bringing in Minoru Suzuki. The Minoru Suzuki. He's facing off with Dominic Garini. You know what? As soon as it was announced, the borders, you know, Americans can come up to Canada, no problem, if they're double-vaxxed. Canadians can't make their way down to USA yet, but it doesn't matter. I picked up my front-row ticket. I bought a ticket to the meet-and-greet because if that border does open, I want to be there to check it out. So I'm very stoked for that. Tickets are still available, so I mean, if you're in North Dakota, Minneapolis, Manitoba, I mean, my fellow Winnipeggers, Manitobans, you know, grab a ticket just in case because I don't think you want to miss out. It's tickets are very reasonably priced, and if the border does open, you don't want to be left in the cold. So, 
Minoru Suzuki was announced for Time Bomb Pro, and we're really getting the, you know, Minoru Suzuki North American, you know, tour here because so far I think he's been announced for about eight or nine shows. And, you know, he just he just showed up at AEW All Out confronting Mox. We'll touch on that later, like I said. But uh, on Dynamite last night, him and Mox went, John Moxley went one-on-one. And it was it was incredible to see Suzuki on AEW television. I mean, the match, you can tell that they struggled a little bit with time constraints for it because they seemed to wrap up a little early. And it was a little disappointing only getting about a seven minute match out of the two and that's with a commercial break you really wanted to be able to see them dive more into it because it's it's a feud that I think all wrestling fans who are familiar with the two they're incredibly invested in so that was we kind of got cut short a little bit on that so I know that they announced next week that there's going to be another segment with uh, Suzuki Lance Archer confronting Mox so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I would love to see another Suzuki Moxley match in AEW. There's, you know, I'll run through all the tour dates here. The the Minoru Suzuki kicking ass, taking names tour. The it's it's going to be fantastic. You know, so there's some really great matchups. Um, he's he's doing a few with GCW, a few with New Japan, but I'll go through all of them. And uh, just touch on them. But, yeah, I mean, September 17th, GCW in L.A. He's going one-on-one with Jonathan Gresham. I mean, Gresham is, you know, a staple with Ring of Honor. He's been doing stuff with PWG. And he's really one of the best pure technical wrestlers out there. I mean, he's incredible in the ring, very mat-based. And you're familiar with him. I mean, you don't need me to pump his tires. You know what he brings to the table. So seeing him and Suzuki should be fantastic. September 24th, GCW in New York. He's facing off with Homicide. I mean, I've been re-watching the old MLW uh, episode with Homicide's on there, and that's, you know, that was my first introduction to him way back when. So seeing those two go at it, that's almost a, you know, a sort of dream match for myself just with how familiar I am with Homicide. So uh, September 25th and 26th with New Japan Strong. I mean, the 25th, he's going one-on-one with Fred Rosser. And on the 26th, him and Lance Archer are facing off against Team Filthy, Tom Lawler, and I want to say Royce Isaacs, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, but it's Team Filthy. Um, October 1st for WrestleMax in St. Louis. He's going one-on-one with Calvin Tankman. How can you not want to see that, that one? You know, if it's on Fight TV or IWTV, that's worth going out of your way to watch. Minoru Suzuki and Calvin Tankman, that match is going to kick so much ass. It is going to be incredible. The uh, October 3rd, Glory Pro Wrestling, uh, facing off with Davey Richards. I mean, Davey Richards, is he's almost in a, a career renaissance right now. He's back in MLW. He made his appearance at Battle Riot. And I think September 22nd MLW is kicking off their weekly shows again on YouTube so it'll be it'll be great to see just what Richards brings to the table there uh, October 8th West Coast Pro down in San Francisco Minoru Suzuki versus Daniel Garcia you just heard me pumping Garcia's tires you know a few minutes ago him one-on-one with Suzuki I'm all over that that's a, a very uh, very intriguing matchup and it's nice to see 
uh, Garcia get that opportunity to go one on one with such a legend. Uh, October sixteenth and seventeenth, back with New Japan Strong for their tapings. I I want to say it's in Dallas, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one. Uh, like I said, the twenty first with Time Bomb, and then uh, October twenty third, back with GCW in LA. So there's you know. Let me count two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve shows right there with Suzuki. We just had him in AEW for um, Dynamite. He made the appearance in All Out, so that was incredible. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be more dates announced. So the Minoru Suzuki Death Tour, you know, step into the ring with him, and you're going to get your ass beat. It's it's great. It's kicking off, and I'm very stoked for it. It's you never really think you're going to get the chance to see a legend in person. So. The fact that I mean, Time Bomb Pro was bringing him in. It's uh, it I think it's it's a great thing, you know, for them, for the fans, and uh, I'm very stoked for them. And I'm very happy for them to to have this chance. So that is uh, that's coming up, and I mean, I can't wait. So definitely go to your way. I mean, I doubt anyone in LA is going to be listening to this who's a GCW fan, but. If it's streaming, you might want to know, you might want to check it out, and that's what I'm here for. So that's a list of uh, Suzuki dates, and I'm jacked up for them. So one thing I really wanted to be able to touch on today was the fact that in early 2022, uh, I think it's the end of January if I'm not mistaken, Kevin Owens' WWE contract is up, and it, when the news came out, it really shocked a lot of people because, you know, at All Out, you just had Brian Danielson show up. You had Adam Cole show up after his contract just seemed to run out with New York, which is just incredibly surprising, you know, that someone of his talent, they they aren't keeping track of it. So when the news of Kevin Owens came out... Um, it seemed to just light a fire under the internet wrestling community. Everyone was incredibly stoked about it, fired up because I mean, uh, it's very well known that he is friends with uh, 2.0 who just recently signed with AEW. You know, he's friends with a lot of the wrestlers that are there right now. And due to some fantastic detective work, and I would you know just like to share it with you, um, through a tweet from a few months ago, Kevin Owens, he tweeted out uh, some coordinates and they were 43.8791 and 103.4591. Now, if you were to Google those coordinates, it is the coordinates for Mount Rushmore. If you are familiar with Mount Rushmore in PWG, Mount Rushmore was a stable consisting of Kevin Steen, Adam Cole, and Nick and Matt Jackson. So if you then looked at Kevin Owens's Twitter account, for his location, it was changed to almost there. Um, I guess one of the Jacksons, I think it was Matt, changed his location to there. So all of this just kind of lit the wrestling community afire because the thought of Kevin Owens showing up in AEW, I mean, it's just another one more incredibly talented wrestler, performer to join the ranks there. 
and it just it adds another main eventer, another guy you can put into fresh matchups. I mean, you're talking Kevin Owens and Kenny Omega, Kevin Owens and Adam Cole even, you know, if you want to go that route. That route. You could do Kevin Owens and CM Punk, which is something we were never privy to with New York. So the plethora of matchups and just the overall thought of him joining back up with his former stable mates and friends and that it, it was just really exciting. Just, you know, even thinking about it, fantasy booking in your mind, the, the first time I was ever introduced to Kevin Owens, he was Kevin Steen and it was when he was a part of ring of honor. He, had joined, uh, they had formed a faction in Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor called Scum. It was him, Steve Carino, uh, Jimmy Jacobs, I think Cliff Compton was there, Matt Hardy ended up joining. It was really, it was similar to like a, the NWO taking over WCW, same sort of thing. So that was my first introduction to him. And that was, like I said, 2012, 13-ish. And then, you, like back then, I was by no means as into wrestling as I am now, you know, I, w- I would watch New York. You try to watch ring of honor, but it's on like a Fox affiliate here. So some days it'll be on at three in the afternoon on a Saturday. And then the next week it'll be like bull riding on at that time instead. So you're trying to keep track of where it's at. So it was really tough to continue to get fully invested in it, but then he ended up signing with WWE he was brought into NXT and was someone who never really seemed to fit the bill of a WWE, pardon me, a WWE performer. You know, he's not jacked up. He's a thicker guy. And that's not really their, you know, not really their go-to, you know. He is an incredibly talented wrestler, so it was nice to see him get the opportunity. He can perform with the best of them. He can put on classic matches. So he got the chance, and then when he first made his debut, I mean, he faced off with C.J. Parker at NXT. Later on that night, turned on Sami Zayn after he won the title, and then, I mean, the next takeover, he ended up winning the championship, and the rest was history. He made a name for himself in NXT. He showed up on Raw in what was, you know, one of the most memorable Raw de- or WWE debuts, even most memorable Raw moments that I can that I can remember. So showing up on Raw and the John Cena challenge and pop up power bombing him. And he, I mean, he ended up getting the win, that first win at uh, Elimination Chamber, if I'm not mistaken, against Cena. So he really, he came in with a fury and just, he made a name for himself in New York and he, they, he didn't give them a chance to hold him down. So he was able to, make his way up to the main roster and become the universal champion or world champion or whatever they were calling their main title at the time. So now to know that someone you grew, not grew up, but that you become so invested in. And I mean, let's be honest, he is one of the main reasons why I would tune in to watch, you know, WWE programming, you know, if he's in a, a match at a pay-per-view, I will check that one out because, you know, he is one of my favorite wrestlers. I very much enjoy watching him. 
to see one of your favorite wrestlers get thrust into the position where he can join a promotion that you love watching and that you're fully invested in. I mean, I don't think you could ask for something better. So that coupled with all of the fresh matchups and the fact that with AEW, you know, they get that freedom. They're able to do what they love. And I mean, I think it was very evident. This is going to be a slow transition into the all out, the fallout from all out. You saw in the post uh, all out press conference, just how happy everyone seemed to be there and excited. It was a very, uh, it's a very refreshing thing. And I think a lot of wrestlers, they're taking note of that. And when their contracts are up, you know, just because the money's on the table doesn't mean that they're going to stick around. So it's something to, I think that, you know, WWE will really be wary of that they are going to lose more talent and it won't be that New York is the be-all, end-all for wrestling. AEW slowly making a name for themselves. They are they're putting themselves on a, on the map as a place that they're not going to rival New York right off the bat or, you know, as a whenever, you know, you talk to a non-wrestling fan about wrestling, they always say WWF, you know, or WWE. So they don't have that same name power just yet, but slowly but surely they're getting themselves there and it's uh, it's a great thing to see. You add in someone like Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, and I think, you know, I, I talked about the fresh matchups, everything about it, it just, it screams moment. And, you know, contract up at end of January 2022, AEW, AEW Revolution is a month later. And I mean, I think, you know, you have him show up at the end of that, whether it's, you know, putting the booking caps on i mean whether it's you know that's when you get omega and hangman and post-match you get kevin owen show up kevin steen showing up to that to post-match against hangman i mean what a great few to kick kick things off with him i mean i'm a i'm a sucker for those main event uh debuts so you get something like that going and i think uh you know that's a that's a chef's kiss right there that's that's money so that's just you know throwing out some fantasy book and ideas but the uh the whole kevin owens contract thing up it's it's really exciting and interesting and i can't wait to see how all of this plays out so now like i said the fallout from all out um this past sunday AEW all out and I, I tweeted a little bit about the, the card as it was going on, but the one of the things that stood out to me, and I mean, this was, well, you had the debuts, you had all of that, the returns. The, the thing that made that card so special for myself was the Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks in the Steel Cage. It was, those two teams, they always deliver. It's, uh, they're the perfect rivals for each other. And they bring out the best in each other. So that match, I mean, you you were watching. You're familiar with what happened. And I mean, you got the high-flying moves from Ray Phoenix. You got those, uh, you know, the hurricanranas off the top rope. You got the flying body press off the top of the cage, which just looked incredible. And it just 
shows that you don't have to do some, you know, elaborate crazy move off the top of the cage to get the crowd popping. But the the one thing that really stood out to me, I mean, the match is going on. They Penta and Phoenix are busted open, blood just pouring down their face. Matt Jackson had his Jordan ones with the thumbtacks on him, you know, super kicking Penta and just grinding those tacks into his face. And it it seemed like, you know, they, I think it was they hit the BT trigger, if I'm not mistaken, or one of their finishing moves. And, I mean, the crowd was into it. They were into the entire match, but the Bucks had one of their moves and Penta kicked out. And it almost like it lit a switch under the crowd. It turned everything around. Everyone just all of a sudden stood up and you could feel the excitement get, you know, increase. You could hear them get louder. And it really, it took the match that was at, you know, we'll say a nine right there, nine out of 10 at that point. And it jumped it up to about, you know, a 15 or 16 out of 10 because after that, everything it just elicited an incredible reaction. And I mean, when Penta and Phoenix ended up getting the pin, getting the win, winning those titles, and I mean, the AEW tag titles are probably the most prestigious titles in AEW right now. So they get the win, and it was just so, you loved to see it. It was just an incredible moment. And I mean, that match, it was easily one of the best matches I think I've ever seen. It's easily on my match of the year list where, you know, there's a handful of AEW, there's some stardom on there, there's some New Japan, and it's just adding that match to it, and it's going to be tough for anything to top that. So that match was really something special. I think one of the worst things, though, about the match was that it was done during the middle of the card, and after that, everything else... All the matches were great. Everything was fantastic, but everything also fell short expectation-wise for me. Nothing was going to, you know, match up as well against that tag match. I mean, the MJF Jericho match was it was still really good, but it still, to me, it felt a little flat. Not just because you know this was match four between the two of them, and you saw how many countless interactions between the factions. So I mean, even the guys that I was watching with. You know, the, you could tell because one of them mentioned his disappointment with it. So it, it just didn't hold the same luster. It was still a great match. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, you know, fully surprised Jericho won just because they teased it so much and they really, you really bought into it. So, I mean, that match was still good. The, uh, the I, I enjoyed the Casino Battle Royal seeing the debut of Ruby Soho. That was fantastic. It was nice seeing the excitement on her face. And, you know, like I talked about during the Kevin Owens portion, the uh, the happiness, the seeing the reaction and just how appreciative they, the wrestlers are to get that reaction from the fans, knowing that they're welcome and that the fans are excited to see them. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen her get that sort of reaction. And it was always deserved because... She's incredibly talented in the ring. She's a great wrestler. So to see that finally happen and the excitement, it's it's really nice. So that match was, or yeah, the Casino Battle Royal, I thought that was fun. The Eddie Kingston versus Miro match, I think almost gets slept on at this point because it was a hard-hitting match. It was, uh, it was very well done. You saw 
the uh, the marks on Miro's chest of the chops and the slaps that he was taking from Eddie. And someone said, it looks like he's got a tattoo, but it was just the redness from how hard Kingston was hitting him. And I mean, they easily could have done a title change there, but I think you can you can build that feud up. And I know they don't do immediate rematches right away, but I think with the New York Arthur Ashe Stadium show around the corner, I mean, it's Eddie Kingston's backyard, and what better place to have him win the title than there? I think the the reaction that he would get from the crowd would just be next level, and it would be something really nice to see for him. Uh, I'll give them credit in AEW. They don't treat their the hometown wrestlers like shit like other promotions, so to see them, you know, you know whether it's Britt Baker in Pittsburgh or you know, John Moxley in Cincinnati, they uh, allow them that opportunity to take in that reaction and really do something special with that. So it's nice to see. Um, trying to think what other matches there were that uh, stood out to me. And I mean, of course, I'm drawing a blank now, but you, I mean, you had the Kenny Omega Christian match, which was very good. I think it was on par with the the match that they had on Rampage, you know, they were able to get a little bit more time to do a little bit more and it showed in the match. And I, I know, I think the main takeaway that everyone grabbed from it was the post-match. And I mean, that's fine because I think the match, it didn't, it's not like me and Nick had talked about it. You weren't seeing post-match that, you know, Christian is getting downgraded significantly. He's still in that main event feud and, being a part of that but watching post-match you know beating down christian beating down the uh, uh jungle jungle boy and lucha express you, you see all that and then everyone was expecting brian danielson that's uh, i it's no surprise but the lights go out and i i mean i should have picked up on it when Omega said nobody dead. Uh, nobody could, the only people that could beat him were not there, retired or dead. You, you should have picked up on that, but the lights go out. And then this, you know, Rage Against the Machine-esque music hits and you see that Adam Cole baby and the music's just pumping and he walks out and no one's expecting it. The crowd reaction was off the charts. What a fantastic moment. He strolls out there just embracing it, looking at the Young Bucks, facing off with him and Omega and all of these, all the guys that he was a part of before the with Bullet Club and the relationships that they had. You see that and even the BTE storyline of, you know, him getting killed off. So he's at the ring and you're watching this and then all of a sudden you see the bottom of your screen jungle boy standing up and you're just like oh shit next thing you know he super kicks jungle boy and it's like everyone just was like hoodwinked bamboozled so he's back with the elite embrace of them the young bucks kiss him on the cheek uh, i just want to point out young bucks and adam cole are part of one of my absolute favorite matches um and i could rewatch it over and over i think i've talked about it before and it's in pwg Battle of LA 2016, I think it is. Um, Young Bucks, Adam Cole versus Will Ospreay, Ricochet, and Matt Seidel. Go out your way and watch it. It's, a, you know, a whatever star you want to give it the top rating. 
it's that. It was a fantastic match. Um, nonetheless, he joins up with the Elite, and at that point, you're like, you're happy with Adam Cole showing up. I was happy with Adam Cole showing up. They could have wrapped it up. So, you know, Omega's doing his shtick, and then you hear the Flight of the Valkyries kick in. I think it's the Flight of the Valkyries. I, I think that's what it's called. And then you hear that, you know, pump in, and all of a sudden it's another, oh, fuck. Out comes Brian Danielson. You know what? Uh, I think I was talking about it on Twitters with someone, and it was like, it's like Tony Khan is playing Extreme Warfare Revenge. It's just in real life, you know, signing the wrestlers he wants, bringing them in. Money's not. Jay said, Jay Z said, uh, money ain't a thing, and it really isn't. You know, bringing in all these incredibly talented wrestlers. Brian Danielson comes out, and you see that face off of, you know, the Young Bucks, Omega, Cole facing off with Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian. Brian Danielson, and it's just what an incredible moment hitting the flying knee on Nick Jackson, the cell job Jackson did. Oh, incredible! So I mean, those the the post match moments. I think they definitely stood out a lot more than the match itself. But it was still, you know, it was just incredible to see. And I mean, the John Moxley Kojima match we saw. You know, Minoru Suzuki show up and that, you know, the fans got to sing his theme song there. I know a lot of people were pissed that they kind of wrapped up his theme on Dynamite, but having him walk out on at the pay-per-view and it's just like seeing those, seeing the moment, seeing stuff like nobody, you know, seven years ago would have imagined a new Japan star showing up in another promotion. We're so privy and privileged to, or privy is the wrong word. We're so, we're very privileged to be able to see these fantastic moments and get this, you know, on our TV and just be witness to the, just the, the moments. And I think that it just really stands out and it's something very special. So having Mox and Suzuki trading shots on the pay-per-view, you know, so I don't know. I think, you had four, oh, three and a half debuts since Suzuki's not wrestling with AEW full-time. You had the Butcher returning on the pre-show, you know, him and the Blade back together. So, I mean, honestly, it was one of the best pay-per-views I think I've ever spent money to watch. And it really just, it makes you excited for all the potential headed forward, all the stuff that they can do and... uh yeah, I mean, it's just a great time to be a wrestling fan. So hopefully you enjoyed it. If, you know, I know I tweeted out, got to hear some some people's different uh, favorite moments. Uh, if you weren't able to hit me up, let me know what you enjoyed most about the show. If you saw it, things you didn't like, if there was anything. So, I mean, it was uh, it was just a lot of fun. It was great being out watching with good friends again. I was lucky enough to do that. Just, uh, you know, crushing some pizza talking wrestling and just laughing and enjoying stuff it was it was really great so it was nice to be able to do that again hopefully you were able to watch it so but we're going to wrap this up today i'm it's a little bit of a shorter episode i mean had some plans sort of slip through the cracks for this one so hopefully you still enjoyed this i know i definitely enjoyed bringing it to you like i always do i love recording this podcast it's it's small but uh it's growing and I'm very proud to be doing it and sharing it with all of you. So 
thank you very much for checking it out. So you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Um, I think it's at GrainmakerPod. Yeah, at GrainmakerPod. Hit me up on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. And honestly, I would love to be able to talk wrestling with you. So find me on there. You can hit me up with an email, GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. I just created a Facebook page for the podcast. So that's been up for a couple of weeks. I think I mentioned it uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. So uh, facebook.com slash grainmaker wrestling podcast. Um, I post a lot of the same stuff on Twitter, but I do post other uh, local matches on there, uh, local Winnipeg content. And uh, I also make sure to post the podcast up on there before it's up on Twitter. So if you have Facebook, hit me up on there and, uh, you know, like the page. I would appreciate it. The podcast, it's up on Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast. It's up on Google Podcast. Um, if there's another podcast streaming up, let me know. I will get it up on there too. I think it's on Google Podcast. So if someone has it, if they could let me know that they find it on there, I would appreciate it. If you could rate it, review it, all that sort of stuff. Um, I actually don't have a review yet on Apple Podcasts. So if someone wants to be my first, I would appreciate it. So yeah, that's uh, that's all the socials and all that sort of stuff. So I'm um, uh, hopefully got a few things cooking for future episodes. But I mean, you know, I'm going to be back next week with uh, another another episode for everyone. So thank you so much for checking out the podcast. You know, I truly appreciate it. I say it every episode or every time I record one like this. Um, but I, I truly appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to spend it listening to me talking wrestling. So thank you so much. Hopefully you enjoyed all out or any of the indie shows this past weekend, or even the CWE show last weekend, you know, hopefully you found something you enjoyed. Thank you so much for checking it out and we will talk soon. All right. Have a good one.